Up next, the Cannabis Reporter Radio Show with Snowden Bishop. After this message. Most people don't realize that cannabis is serious business that requires serious technology solutions. Hi, I'm Terry from Sunstate Technology Group. We are seriously proud to provide technology and security systems that help cannabis companies compete and succeed. From planning and expansion to hardware and daily IT support, I'm here to tell you that having the right technology is critical to security and smooth business operations. Partner with a technology team that understands the unique needs of this industry. For details, visit sunstatetech.com cannabis. sunstatetech.com cannabis. And now, it's time for the Cannabis Reporter Radio Show with Snowden Bishop. Listen in as Snowden interviews cannabis industry pioneers, marijuana experts, policymakers, medical practitioners, patients, and other amazing individuals with compelling stories to share. It all happens right now. Here's the Cannabis Reporter, Snowden Bishop. Hi, and welcome back to the Cannabis Reporter Radio Show. I'm Snowden Bishop. Thank you for joining us. This has been a rather productive week for cannabis activists in Washington, D.C., where two historic cannabis events were taking place. One was the ninth annual Lobby Days event hosted by the National Cannabis Industry Association, and the other was the first Cannabis Caucus Forum held at the Capitol building, where lawmakers and industry leaders convened for a series of panel discussions addressing some critical upcoming policy issues. Having spent a lot of time covering historical cannabis events from afar, I was fortunate to have an opportunity to be at the Capitol as history was being made. What struck me is how far we've come in terms of ending the stigma that's barred lawmakers from addressing cannabis policy reform, or even discussing it, for fear of public consternation. It was gratifying to speak with members of Congress who have either introduced or pledged their support for new cannabis bills that actually have a chance of becoming law. As I wandered through the expansive halls of the Capitol building, I found myself in awe of its significance as a beacon of freedom, justice, and equality under the law. So I was also struck by the irony of having to shed light on the darkness of prohibition I mean, it seems that lawmakers shouldn't have to be convinced to end the egregious injustice of a failed policy which was enacted in such an important and iconic structure. Watching the sun go down behind the Washington Monument, I couldn't help but recall growing up proud to live in the greatest country on earth. The U.S. has always been considered a leader of the free world, defending humanitarian rights and promoting democracy around the globe. Our country has also developed transformational products like automobiles and the telephone, set trends with innovative technology like the internet and social media, and established safety standards and policies that most countries around the world eventually adopt as their own. So when the United States banned cannabis, the rest of the world followed suit by signing international drug treaties after they had been sufficiently convinced by U.S. diplomats that cannabis was a dangerous drug. And with cannabis off the table, it's no accident that the United States soon became a leading producer of new pharmaceutical drugs that replaced cannabis and industrial products, all of which were exported to countries that once produced their own medicine, paper, textiles, fuel, and composites out of locally grown marijuana and hemp, 
before cannabis was no longer legal. With revelations about the injustice of prohibition and indisputable evidence that cannabis should never have been scheduled, a number of countries have abandoned U.S. drug treaties and assumed a leading role in advancing medicinal cannabis science, which is now informing medical breakthroughs and standards everywhere else in the world where it's legal. That's great, but what it means is the U.S. is no longer taking the lead. While our lawmakers are dragging their feet when it comes to enacting federal policy that would allow for domestic cannabis research and development, we're taking a backseat to other countries that are light years ahead of us in R&D. One such country is Israel, which has been encouraging the study of cannabis since the 1960s. After famed researcher Dr. Raphael Meshulam, then at Hebrew University, discovered that THC could alleviate symptoms of PTSD, the Israeli parliament enacted the first post-prohibition law allowing Israeli soldiers to legally use cannabis. Dr. Meshulam's research led to the discovery of the human endocannabinoid system and its importance to human health. Since then, Israel has been a global leader on medical cannabis breakthroughs that have helped to transform attitudes about cannabis policy all around the world and especially here in the U.S. Israel has granted permission for U.S. research institutions to work with its scientists to develop new therapeutic uses for cannabis, and a handful of Israeli companies are now allowed to export their medical cannabis products to countries around the world, including states in the U.S. where medical use is legal. That's the topic of today's show and something our guest knows a lot about. Golan Bitten is a former Israeli soldier and CEO of Univo, an Israeli-based pharmaceutical company founded in 2016. That's where he leads a team of professional biochemists who are developing a diverse line of medical cannabis products from proprietary genetic-specific cultivars grown in a highly sophisticated greenhouse and produced in a state-of-the-art GMP manufacturing facility. He will be speaking at the London CBD Expo, which takes place during the first week of June in London, and he'll be joined by former Israeli Prime Minister Ehud Omar, who recently joined Univo's Board of Directors. Golan, thank you so much for joining me. It's really a pleasure to have you on the show, and I'm really looking forward to this discussion. Thank you very much. I was intrigued to learn that Prime Minister Omer will be joining you at the London conference where you'll be speaking, and even more intrigued to learn that he's joined your board of directors. How did that come about? Uh, we know that the Prime Minister, the, the last Prime Minister, um, have a lot of connections, and he has a lot of experience between countries. And this is very important for the cannabis industry because now we're talking about full legalization in the whole world. And of course, our market is in Europe, not in the States right now, but definitely out of Israel. So because we wanted to expand our markets and not be localized in Israel, we need for presenter or somebody from the government that can lead us through this market because it's very difficult. Now it's going to be between countries. The, the markets started between country, countries like uh, bilateral agreements. I cannot uh, um, make agreement now with a company in Germany 
until my government allow me or uh, provide this to to contact with the Germany company and the German company cannot <clears throat> contact with me if their government will not provide it, will not allow this. So this is why we need connections and we need uh, uh, people who know how to do this. Prime Minister, uh, Prime Minister in, in, in the past is someone with a, a lot of connections and a lot of experience. We know that a lot of a lot of companies wants him to be in in their side or in their board, and unfortunately he's not connected with them. And we, he choose us because he see the company, he see the team, he saw the company and he saw the team, and he saw what we can go, what we can bring to this industry, and what we can bring to this, uh, uh, what we have in this company. He, he saw about the technology. We're not just a farm who's just growing. We have the farm, we have the growers, and we have the technology. This is the most important thing because we know the market. We cannot uh, um, compete it with Colombia uh, uh, growing. We cannot compete it with Africa growing. Those are growers with low cost, but we grow technology, we grow medical. And if you grow medical, you need to go from seed to market, including the technology, the technology with the delivery system. This is what Eud Olmert saw in our company, and he, and he chose us. Yeah, and you know it is it is important for those connections, especially if you are planning to go outside of the country. But um, one of the reasons that I wanted to speak with you is that in Israel they've had a much more liberal take on cannabis for a lot longer than we have here in the United States. So before any of the medical laws were passed here in the United States, Israel was already implementing a medical cannabis program and doing a lot of the research that we rely on today to get our data. So when I know that you've been with this company since what, 2016, is that correct? Yes. Yeah. So I'm the co-founder of this company. Right. Okay. And before that, you have a more of a technology background? Yeah. Uh, I can talk about my background. It was 20 years in the special forces in the Israeli government. I was making, I was doing three big projects under the Israeli government uh, umbrella or the budget. And it was really, really great. I don't want to talk uh, more about this issue. I have masters in uh, economics and computer engineering, and I'm just the founder of the co of, of the company. I bring the doctor to the company. I bring the all professional people to do what they are doing the best. This is why this company is so unique and it's now rising up because because of, first of all of the people, and this is what I'm doing. We bring the best. We bring the best growers. We bring the best doctors. We bring the best technology people. Um, <laughs> this is why we do it. So, so. So let me ask you then, because you weren't originally from the early cannabis movement, uh, cannabis industry, 
what is it that actually made you want to get into it? After, uh, after when I decided to, to retire, uh, I was looking over the, the new edge or looking for the new experience. And in 2016, Israel just started the all uh, medicalization. Nobody knows about cannabis. They know it's just a drug and it's prohibited in Israel. And I saw the medicine go come through the drug. And Israel is one of the pioneers that started to, uh, to, to bring cannabis to illness in 2001. One of the, one of the, one of the first uh, um, countries in the, in the old world. And I saw, I read some, some books and I read some of the research and I saw what it's doing to those illness. And it's really, really, really important because it's bring measure, it's, it's bring help, helpiness and it's bringing health to, to patients that no other drug can, can help them. And now it's all on the start because we have the answer before we have the all, uh, how to call it? We, we, have, we have the answer before we know what is done, what, what the drug doing. So first of all, we know it's, go through, it's good. The secondly, we know it's healthy. Now we need to know how it's doing. We have the, the answer before we have the know-how. This is what happened with the cannabis. So now in Israel, because of the database, because of the technology, because of the best doctors, because of the best growers, we can bring the know-how and we could, we could separate apart and see what kind of cannabinoids go through, what kind of recept receptor in the, in the body. And this is how we can bring the, the special medicine to the special illness. This is what we're going to do in Israel because of the database that we have. Yeah, well, it, it sounds like you have a really good team there from what I've been able to see on your website. So there, there seem to be two arms of this, like um, what I've seen so far, like there's UNV Medical. What's the difference between that and Univo? Univo is the public company. Now we started to, to uh, um, put all lightning on the Univo, Univo it's the public company. It holds 100% of UNV Medical. UNV Medical is the producing company. Because of the, the supply chain in Israel have to separate apart between the growing part and the producing part. It's have to be in the different companies. It's have to be in the different issues. This is why we have the growing part. It's, Havata, it's called Havatamit. This is the growing company that grows. And the UNV Medical, it's the producing company. It's the manufacturing with the technology. And we have the distribution part. It's called UNV Shivuk Vafatsa. This is another company that's, that we have to, to distribute all of, the, all of the products, all of the, uh, uh, the medication that we, we provide. And all of them are holding, all of, all of those companies are daughter companies from Univo. Univo is the public company that holds all of those companies. So now we bring the whole project and, and the whole uh, uh, spotlight to Univo. Right. So I, what do you know about the United States market and how it 
differs from that of Israel? In the United States, there is no import and export between companies, between countries, between states. There is no import and export. Some kind of states allowed uh, recreational, another states allowed medical. Some of the states like California allow, uh, um, allowed uh, both of them, even recreational and even medical. This is why the, the American law, the state's law, I think doesn't know yet what he can do with this. If it's medicine, it's not medicine. It's under the FDA uh, we, um, standard. It's not under the FDA standards. There is a lot of issues down there. So I think it's going to have some time, but what Israel, what Israel brings to this uh, uh, market, first of all, the order. She's puts put things on the on the spot. Look, this is medicine. It's go through one, two, three indication. You can provide it to the illness under uh, um, under prescription, and this is why it's called medicine. If you want to go through recreational and you, can, you want to grow it by yourself and you want to use it, this is another issue. Now Israel is not in those issue. The states, some kind of states, a lot of states go through these standards. So you can grow by yourself, you can, you can use it, but you, you cannot call it medicine. You cannot call it medical. And you cannot even say, look, this kind of uh, 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 drops or this kind of oil go through headache or go through uh, um, oral cavity or skin legend or whatever in wh whatever medical indication. This is why Israel is different. Israel is go through the medical. It's not go through the recreational. It's so different between states. Maybe in the future, every state will look up to, to her market and see, look, we can go through this market or we can go through this medicine. I don't know yet about uh, uh, about the states, but this is what we're going now. This is why we expand our our market to Europe. Europe is similarly look like Israel. This is why there are most there are more uh, um, how to say it open minded to import and export medical. Well, what are the criminal penalties for people who don't use it for medical but use it for adult use, uh, recreational in Israel? In Israel, there is not allowed to, to use it in recreational. There are some penalties. Now, um, the penalty is uh, is something some like a fee, some like a ticket that if the policeman um, uh, gets you with this uh, weed that it's not for medical, it's it's not actually a penalty. It's something like between one thousand shekels, but it's still prohibited. It's still under the, um, the the prohibited drugs law in Israel. Yeah. So, and with these elections, you know, it looks like there's going to be a pretty even divide between parties. That and who knows who the ruling party will be, but are. Are they advocating for adult use, or are they still just really focused on the medical? As as we know, on in these days, but maybe it's going to change. They're still focusing the medical. The, I don't think uh, even in the medical now the export law is approved. Two months ago, after the export law is approved, 
still they need to write down the old bulletproof and the old uh, uh, guidelines, how do you can export. And the guidelines to export is, of course, go through the medical uh, GMP standard. If you want just to package it, you have to do it in the GMP standard manufacturing and you have to call it a medicine. Even if you regard it to pain or the indication that you want to, to bring this medical medicine to the illness is pain, it still have to be medical. And it, you cannot export weed, you cannot export from a farm, you can export from manufacturing. That's make it and and even just package it or extracted it through the medical issue. It have to be under the GMP standard. Yeah, this is this is what Israeli focusing right now. Maybe it's going to change in the future. I don't know. But now it have to be in the medical part. You have to go through the medical guidelines, and you have to to proceed to produce it like a, like in like a medical like any medicine that you know right so it's pretty interesting because that's very different i think than the way that we approach it as you were saying here in the united states and i know that in canada now it's fully legalized in canada and so they're really ahead of the game when it comes to international exports and their development system they've got in place, people have much better access to it without having to go through the medical. But I think that there are some disadvantages to that as well, because when you have strict medical laws, and we're finding here in the states that have medical laws, there seems to be a lot more information available to the patient than when they can just go into a dispensary in an adult use law where it's fully legalized. But if you go through the dispensary, you cannot tell that I'm going to buy medical in dispensary. You cannot tell, look, I take this weed and it's good for my headache or it's good for my uh, Tourette syndrome or it's good for epilepsy because I bought this flower. Because the company or the farm say, look, my flower is, bad for, is good for epilepsy. You have no evidence. You can go, not go through clinical trials. You cannot say, you cannot even, <clears throat> even market it like it's good for epilepsy. In Israel, because the Ministry of Health very encouraged to go through these medical issues, he's encouraged clinical trials. You can go through the system very, very clearly and very shortly to bring the evidence and said, look, if I take this flower with those, I don't know, eight, 10, 14 cannabinoids, <clears throat> and you can go through extraction with ethanol and I can provide those drops and I can say, look, those drops are good for epilepsy because I can go through, I, I done a testing group in Israel and this testing group give those results. Look at these results and look at the, of this evidence. This is the main issue. If you can, I don't know, grow it by yourself, and you can tell to yourself, look, it's good for epilepsy. I don't know if it's good, it's, it's good or wrong, but this is not something that company can, a reliable company can market it or can, can tell it or can publish it. But if you go through a medical uh, issue and you, you, you're doing the, your testing group in Israel and you go through clinical trials in uh, an Israel hospital, this is something reliable this is something that you can bring the evidence 
to the patient and say, look, under 200 uh, patients that try this drops, this is the result. This is the main issue about the medicine. Yeah, and here, <laughs> none of the companies can actually say what their product is good for, although they will know what it's good for, unless they do prove testing in the United States under the rules of the FDA, the Federal Food and Drug Administration. Yeah, yeah. And this is the main issue because in the States, you cannot go through clinical trials. <laughs> I know, it's been a catch-22 for many years. I know, this is why we, we in, 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 in UNV Medical, we can bring a, a, a those, um, how to say it, those, this service to other companies from Canada. This is what, what we signed already. Uh, with a company from Canada that want to go through clinical trials with a new product that they have. And the Canada, the Canada, Canadian government not allowed them to go, to go through clinical trials. We connected with the uh, UVC from uh, British Columbia, the university, and they want to go through clinical trials with some kind of uh, opiate dose. Uh, they have some, how uh, 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 to say, a, a medicine that replace the, the opiate pain those and they want to go through clinical trial and say, look, this kind of um, medicine that we developed from cannabis can replace the opiates and the, the Canadian government don't allow them. This is why they sign with us because in Israel, we can grow it, we can extract it, we can test it and we can go through clinical trial very fast and more cheap and, and, and the, the, the cost is less than if you want to go in another in another place or in another issue or in another country this is very important i no. hope you understand that i'm sorry about that I, I do know it's <laughs> your english is fine and i think that we're all following you no worries but yes you know of course we've been in this catch-22 with this issue where you know the chicken and egg scenario where the government hasn't allowed the testing because it's a federally banned substance, but yet they won't release it from the federal ban until we have the testing <laughs> to prove it. So yeah, it, it's been a big issue. We're sort of ahead of the game now because they've legalized hemp here in the States, but that's just not enough. And I think that a lot of people, and especially medical practitioners who have sort of entered the cannabis space, who are interested in learning how they can treat their patients, they're still not allowed to prescribe it without losing their, their license, but they're relying on the research that they get from Israel and from Spain and from Australia and different places where they've allowed the research um, just so that they can advise their patients about this. But it's it's really quite a, a shame that the access to clinical trials has been just so limited. You know why? Yeah, I do know why. It's because of the pharmaceutical industry here. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. All the pharmacy companies, all the drug companies, not allowed it. Yeah. Because and you, you, kill their, you kill their medicine. You kill their medicine. If they, that, have a medicine, if they have a medicine for headache, and now you say, look, my, my flower is better, is better than you for headache. <laughs> well, yeah, and it, it can't kill you. <laughs> yeah. I had an interview a couple years ago with a doctor who told me something that I didn't know at all, and that is that every year Tylenol 
just plain old Tylenol kills people. <laughs> I mean, it's it's astonishing to me. You know, it's something that's so common you can buy over the counter, and it actually has killed people. And yet, cannabis doesn't kill anyone. And you know, but do you have the same problems with the lobbyists that we have here? I mean, are they allowing uh, corporations to sort of influence elections in Israel? Uh, I'm sorry. Ask again, please. Oh, of course. Um, do they allow the influence of corporations in the elections or in the electoral process in Israel? Is it uh, is it like it is here in the States where we have a lot of corporate influence over our politicians because of the financing of campaigns? I mean, do you have the same problem there with pharmaceutical companies lobbying to keep laws the status quo? We know the pharmacy companies are were lobbying for quite a while in maybe the last two or three years, but in Israel, it's, um, I have to say that uh, we, are, we are getting a lot of compliments from the Israeli government. They have, um, they, in Israel, we have the Akar. The Akar, it's the agency, the government agency that um, control all the medical um, issues in Israel. It, they are from the government and they are very, very encouraged. They are very helpful and they want us, they, they see this is a new market, this is a new industry and they are really, really encouraged. We know that the, all the pharmaceutical companies were definitely wanted to kill, wanted not, not to be, not to going on, but um, we, we are very glad to to get their car and they are really really helpful i have to say they approve the export law they approve the all uh, um, uh, new farms growing on they have new uh, many factories that we are there is only three many factories in israel we are the third one but um, those issue were not can can go on if the car not not allowed it and not help not help us to do this, you understand? Yeah, I do understand that. And you know, I'm wondering because if you're only the third manufacturer allowed in Israel, then what were they using to do all of the research that they did, like at the Technion Institute? And you know, Dr. Mashulam, who is famous here in the states for his uh, research on the endocannabinoid system and all of the medical advances that have happened in Israel all over there, what were they using in terms of product and who was making it? No, now they're actually testing it and making it in a small scale. In small scale, you can do it on lab. There are a few laboratories like in the Technion and like in uh, the Hebrew Institute in Israel, but they're testing it on a small, on, on a small scale. I don't actually really know what kind of machine they use. Maybe a small machines. Um, we have um, the laboratory, one of the biggest in Israel, that can test another technology and another technique. If you go through, if you want to go through the lung, if you want to go through the blood, if you want to go through the whatever inhaler that you want to develop, we have those te techniques. And of course, we have the, the large scale. We are one of the biggest uh, manufacturers in Israel. We are one of the biggest, maybe the most biggest uh, um, clean rooms 
for producing cannabis in Israel. So this is very, very unique. We have the two technologies that nobody have in Israel, the CO2 and the ethanol, full extraction ethanol. We bring those uh, um, machines from the States. And of course, it's bring us forward so many steps bef uh, before another companies because we have of course the ability we have the independence we can grow ourselves we can buy from another growers because in israel uh, um, the supply chain is from the the grow you can sell your goods only to manufacturing you cannot sell your goods to another uh, uh, to a pharmacy store you cannot sell flowers you cannot export flowers from farm you can export only products and you can produce product only in, only in a manufactory. This is the supply chain, and this is very, very important to understand the, 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 the supply chain that, that bring on in Israel. This is, this is the, the, the market. If you want to produce it, if you want to, to grow it, if you want to sell it, who can you sell if you have a farm? You can sell it only to manufactory. And we are one of the biggest. So think about yourself. So for people in Israel who want to get into the industry and start manufacturing, how difficult is the process to get approved to do it? <laughs> Two years <laughs> and something between five to seven million dollars. <laughs> wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Too much, too much. I think that if you want to start now, I don't know if you have uh, catch the market already, but it, it's very difficult. It's very, very difficult. And very expensive. It's very difficult and it's very unique, yes. Wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> you know, it, it's interesting because I always find all of these research papers that were done in Israel. And before speaking with you, I sort of had this uh, false impression that it was a lot more... Oh, a lot less restrictive than you're sort of making it sound here because they were so ahead in terms of the research. I mean, the research has been done for years, like decades already in Israel, whereas here the research was limited to, you know, they only had one facility in the United States that was allowed to grow any cannabis whatsoever. And it was located in, in Mississippi. And the, the flower that was being grown there is so substandard that it was actually harmful for patients to even use it. I mean, it was laden with mold and all sorts of things, and they just weren't careful about growing it. And there was only one specific um, strain, if you will, that, that was being grown. So for research purposes, it was just useless. And even today, I've been in contact with people who are conducting research studies, and before a lot of the states had the recreational use where they could actually, um, it was a lot easier for them to obtain flowers. But for FDA approved, they still have to use this one growing facility in Mississippi. So it's been a real conundrum for people who are uh, really trying to get scientific results out of the substandard cannabis. So all of us have been just relying on the research that's been done in other countries just to be able to understand what is possible with cannabis. But when it comes to being able to state that 
that a certain uh, formulation is good for a certain disease. They have to go through this growing facility <laughs> that's sanctioned by the U.S. government. I mean, it's it's just such a ridiculous waste of time for people, and it's so it's still so expensive, you know, to do it here. So this is the one of the best things that Israel can bring to this industry: the research and development. We know we're not big enough. We know that we cannot compete it with the Colombia growers. We cannot compete it with the Brazil growers or the African growers, but we compete it in technology. As you just noticed in, in the States, you need to grow in a special in medical guidelines. You need to grow it <clears throat> under, under the GAP standard. If you grow it under the standard with the same protocol, you can grow the same flower. If you can grow the same flower with the same material, this is the first thing you need to know. After that, that you grow the same flower with the same materials inside, you need to or extract it or to make with it peels or powder or whatever. And you need, after you extract it or after you, you produce it, you need that these products will be with the same material as the other products. This is the second thing that you need to do. You need to know and to do. After you can see or you can test it and you can bring the evidence to the FDA or to another uh, whatever uh, government, um, agency you can see you can you can saw them look this is my product it's the same product i want to go through clinical trial now you see the now you can see the chain for the medical it's it's difficult and it's it's not so easy this is why in israel we started this chain from i don't know 2001 2002 we started to do this because we know it we know this is how you can make medicine. I researched the opiate, uh, um, the opiate market at 1892. They started in Thailand. In Thailand, there was a huge fields and a huge property for opium, opium field. After they started to produce it with an opium overdose or with the opium medicine, they know how to produce it and how to make medicine. You cannot export from Thailand uh, uh, flowers, but you can export uh, uh, a medical in uh, a medical products. This is very uniqueness. This is very important. This is the kind of this is why the cannabis uh, uh, the cannabis market is like the the opiates market. You can export and import not now, but in in the shortly future. You can export and import medical. You can export and import a medicine, a product that you can say after you test in it and after you develop it, you can say, look, this is good for headache. This is good for the Tourette syndrome. This is good for skin legend. This is formulation. Uh, uh, go through uh, clinical trials and it's, look, this is the evidence. This is what uniqueness in Israel and this is what our uh, company focuses. And we can provide and we can provide service 
to another company from another countries that cannot develop it in their countries because because there is a huge lobby of the pharmaceuticals company so they want to do it in Israel this is very important so we can do it in Israel yeah and I'm looking forward to a day when we're going to have a lot more liberty to do the testing here in the states without having to jump through the hoops of the FDA <laughs> it's, it's it's painful you know <laughs> We can do it through the FDA in Israel. We can, uh, we will be with the new develops, and we will be already with the new products that's already done this. You know, in a, we are in, in our company, we already registered for patents. There is no issue that you, you can register that patent with a formulation in another country. You can register that patent now in another place in other countries, but in Israel, we already registered for patents from our company based on a formulation uh, on a cannabis uh, medical formulation yeah that's that's exciting actually so you have four four in the works yeah one of them is a drop for adhd for children one of them is a, a cream for skin legend and psoriasis the third one is gel for oral cavity and the fourth one is uh, suppositories for humerus and colitis those are our four patents. Wow. And the clinical trials are there and you've got the evidence that you need. We're going to, to go through clinical trials. We're done. I see. We, we know it's work because we have the database. Mm -hmm. The database that we have in Israel and we know those formulation are works. This is why we started already. Uh, first of all, to patent it. First of all, to, to secure it. And after we secure it and after we patent it, we go through clinical trials, and then we go to large scale. Well, that's pretty exciting. So what is it that you're going to be speaking on in, in London at the CBD Expo? Uh, we're going to speak about the clinical trials in Israel. We can, we're going to speak about the service that we can bring to this industry about those clinical trials. Me and the Prime Minister, we're going to open uh, the CBD Expo in London. The Prime Minister, Mr. Earl Walmet, and and myself. And in the end of the first day, I'm going to be in a panel of a regulation, a regulation panel that talked about export and import between Europe and Israel. That's very exciting, and I, I it would be exciting to hear that. It's really yeah. nice. You should come. Yeah, I I would love to actually, and um, yeah, well, if I can pull it off, um, I certainly will. And I think it would be exciting also to uh, interview the former prime minister, Almert. Is that how you say it? I'm sorry if I'm not saying it correctly. Yeah. So I, it would be exciting to interview him, too, because as a statesman, to see the changes from when he was in office, which was a while ago now, it would be interesting to hear his take on the cannabis industry at large because he's seen it through the eyes of someone who's had to adhere to the international treaties that were all, you know, basically initiated through the United States when the drug war began. I can't tell you really clearly. What I was saying is that, you know, it would be exciting to interview him because of his perspective of having been a statesman, a, a, a leader 
of a country during a time when almost the entire world was still involved in these drug treaties that the United States initiated about cannabis. I mean, quite frankly, cannabis never should have been scheduled the way that it was because it's not nearly as harmful as Schedule One drugs would presume to be, but there was a big lie. <laughs> but he he could see the evolution of the cannabis industry through the eyes of someone who who obviously had to regard those treaties early on. So it would be very interesting to interview him at some point. I can talk with him and um, I can come back with um, with dates if he I think he will be um, I think he will be interested in, in some kind of interview, but not now. He needs to learn a lot of this industry. And now he is learning. He's learning very quickly. And he saw the technology and he saw what we can what we can bring to this industry from Israel, not actually as a farm and not actually just a manufacturing, but a farm and a manufacturing and the R&D. This is uh, the package, I think, that can win this, uh, uh, can, win, can be really, really uniqueness in this industry for the long run, not for the short run. Yeah, well, I'm convinced that the cannabis industry is going to transform the way that we view medicine in the future because it, because of the way that it's synthesized by the human body, you know, and, and pharmaceuticals, especially like the synthetic opiates and a lot of these drugs that have to go through your liver and go through the system that, that these inorganic drugs are not really intended by the human body to be processed properly, if that makes any sense. Whereas cannabis is something that our bodies are equipped to process in a more safe way. So I, I think that cannabis is going to wind up transforming medicine in general. So it's, it's a very exciting field to be in right now. So yeah. And beyond the conference in London coming up, what else is in the near future for, for you and for your company? Two weeks from now, I'm going to speak in the NFXP in Vienna. It's another conference. Uh, we're going to finish, we finish already our manufacturing and now we go through uh, the standards, the GMP standard, the good manufacturing standards. Uh, so we started to produce uh, and to run the machine uh, two weeks from now because the next week it's Pesach, it's the holidays in Israel, so nobody works. After the holidays, we're going to start to run the manufacturing. And um, I hope the elections was yesterday, so I hope uh, the guidelines, how we can export is uh, pretty under the corner and I hope it's going to be shortly so we can export. We have a huge market in Europe, in Germany and in London. Um, there are a lot of companies that's just waiting for the Israeli cannabis. Uh, because they know what we can export, what we can bring to this industry. Uh, we have a new developments in our pipeline, not only those four products. And of course, that we sign with the company called Sanara. They have inhalator, a medical inhalator, that we develop now a unique formulation for, those, for this inhalator. So we have a lot of in our pipeline. 
not only in the uh, innovation and development and even in the in the growing part a new a, a new strange and a new growing protocols um, this industry is going to be big it's going to be big and of course in you in univo we have the whole supply chain full independence so we can innovate and new development for the all industry not only in the medical even in the growing part well it sounds very exciting and you know i wish you the best of luck with that i mean it's it sounds like you've got a whole niche in the market that you can serve which is great so what else would you like for people to know most um people to know most uh, i hope the governments in other states will um let loose the barriers and give the companies to import and export between themselves so the majority for the illness can be all wild world not only in israel and not only in europe because of course we talk about medicine not, not about some kind of uh, um, weed for fun this is very 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 important uh, i hope I hope another prime ministers will join into this industry so we can uh, expand the markets between countries. And um, Univo, Univo is, um, I can't say, what, is one of the best in Israel and we're going to be one of the best in the world because of the database that we have in Israel and because of the new developments. And of course, the most important thing is the Ministry of Health in Israel that help us and that we can supply the evidence and we can supply the the results of the testing group that we're going to do in Israel. This is very, very important. And of course, I hope uh, good cannabis for, for everyone. <laughs> <laughs> well, it sounds like you're on your way to that. And yeah, you know, it's... It, I think that everybody in the cannabis industry in the United States has a debt of gratitude to the research that's been done in Israel and to the Minister of Health there because the research is so much farther advanced there than it is here. And like I said in the beginning, we rely on the uh, information that has come out of Israel even before your market was open to anything other than research. So it's, it's pretty exciting what's come out of there. And the research, like I said, also, you know, from the Technion Institute and on the endocannabinoid system, that's just groundbreaking. So, yeah. So I think uh, Israel is definitely a, a trailblazer in that regard. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Thank you again so much for joining me today. I really appreciate it. <laughs> Okay, thank you very much. And I will ask to the Prime Minister, I will ask Mr. Aaron Olmert, and I think we can go get back to you with, uh, with an optional date for interview. I would really appreciate that. Please do let me know what the Prime Minister says, because I would love to interview him. Well, thank you well, very much. Thank you very much. And then uh, hopefully I'll get to meet you in London. If I'm there, I'll definitely look for you. I have to come and, and I... Looking forward to meet you. Yeah, I look forward to meeting you as well. So thank you again. Okay, thank you very much. 
So the time has come again to bring yet another episode to a close. I'd like to remind you that if you're near London, please check out the London CBD Expo, which is happening in the first week of June. And once again, I would personally like to thank my guest, Golan Bitten, for sharing his insights and knowledge with us today. If you'd like to learn more about the work he's doing at Univo, please visit us online at thecannabisreporter.com. Click podcast to find today's episode. And that's where you'll find his bio along with a link to his website. We have so many people to thank. First, I'd like to express our gratitude for our radio partners, Sunstate Technology and Canisphere Biotech, for supporting our show. I'd also like to thank our media partners at the Cannabis Science Conference, London CBD Group, Cannabis Radio, News Bank, and others who help us to spread the word. I'd also like to thank my production team here at the Cannabis Reporter Radio Show for always making us shine and our programming directors at XRQK Radio Network and Society Bites Radio for broadcasting our show. And last but not least, thanks to all of you for listening. I'm Snowden Bishop inviting you to join me again next week, same time, same place for another episode of the Cannabis Reporter Radio Show. Until we meet again, be safe, stay informed, share what you've learned, and make it a great day. Greens color. When you think of chips relative to cannabis, microchips may not come to mind. Hi, I'm Terry from Sunstate Technology Group here to tell you that our chips help cannabis companies compete and succeed. From planning and expansion to hardware and daily IT support, Sunstate proudly serves the technology needs of the cannabis industry. You know that having the right technology is critical to security and smooth business operations. Partner with a technology team that understands the unique needs of this industry. For details, visit sunstatetech.com cannabis. You're busy running around from work to kids to evening events. Healthcare shouldn't be adding to your daily running around. Simplify your healthcare with Helterra for only $15 per month per individual or $18 per month per family with up to nine kids. By the way, you can eliminate doctor office visits with 24/7 access to doctors via phone, video, or the mobile app. Not only do you get prescriptions filled over the phone, but save up to 85% on those prescriptions. This is a supplemental plan and not insurance. Healthcare made easy. Helterra.com.